are listening to the Innovo Podcast, a ministry of Innovo Vineyard Church in Wichita, Kansas. To learn more about Innovo, you can visit us online at innovovineyard.com. We hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. It's been a, it's been a season of hard, hard words, hasn't it? And, uh, but that's okay. We're ready for hard words. Uh, I'm so glad Amy brought that up today. Two words the Lord's given us, reconciliation and favor. Reconciliation and favor. And the things of God rarely come in the packages we think they're going to arrive in. FedEx doesn't knock on your door. It just shows up at an odd time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, things come. And, and we had no idea when the Lord said reconciliation and favor. It wasn't just what God's doing. It was assignments that he was giving us. He's given us assignments, things he wants us to be, to be a part of and be involved in. He wants us to be involved in reconciliation this year. He wants us to be involved in favor, bestowing favor on people. And, uh, you know, another word I heard is, a lot this year is, is offense. What's the number one reason people miss God's calling on their life? They get offended. Because God's word doesn't always come in the package we think it's going to come in. <laughs> you know, but it's kind of hard sometimes. So there's a lot. How many of you guys know there's a lot out there that can offend you right now in the world today? For a lot of reasons from all different sides, there's a lot of things that can offend you. Uh, how many of you guys know there's a lot of things in the church that can offend you right now? It's just the truth. Uh, how many of you know there's things from the Lord that can offend you? That he puts you where you don't want to be right now that you're stuck, <laughs> that, you're in the, that he's given some words to you and bringing some things on your plate that you don't really want on your plate right now. And I get it. He does it with me too. I've been. I'll be out delivering the mail, and the Lord's just working on me. And I'm, <laughs> I was out there, and I'm, I'm putting mail in a box, and I got, I got tears coming down my cheek, and this little kid comes up and hands me a letter, and here I am with tears coming down my cheek. I go, oh, thank you. You know, and he's, he's kind of looking at me, and he goes on. You know, it's been that, it's been that kind of week for me. I don't know about you. There's just things, you know, and we're always adjusting, and sometimes we respond well, and sometimes we respond poorly, and sometimes we have to adjust. And I mean, I'm, there, I'm, there, I'm with you, so I just, I just want you to know. But this is, this is the season to receive the word of the Lord because he's speaking right now, and he's, he's conducting affairs, and it's, it's so good for us. So I hope you can hang in there for this season. Uh, with that in mind, we're starting a season. If you had told me that I was going to do a whole series on race this year, uh, I'd have said that you were lying to me. <laughs> you know, I just didn't, I didn't see this coming. Uh, so we're going to do a series called Jesus, Racism, and the Church. And guess what we're going to talk about? Jesus, racism, and the church. That's what we're going to talk about for a while. And uh, I think it's the right time. Um, God is conducting the affairs of men right now. Even though you can look at things and you think, what's going on? Um, and it, it might not make sense, but I just want you to know he, is, you know, he doesn't cause every little thing, but he conducts the affairs of men. And I tell you, he brings things to where he wants them to be. I have no doubt. And I, and I can sense the Holy Spirit, um, say this right, 
moving on this topic of racism right now in our country. I can sense it. I can feel it. So many times this week, the Lord is just, boo, just, I don't know how it is for you, but I mean, the Lord just shows up and, and, I, and I get warm <laughs> and he just comes, you know, it's just kind of interesting. And he just starts to move in a, in, on a topic or, a, or an idea or a thought in my life. And that's what he does. He, he, he pushes in sometimes. How many like it when the Lord just pushes in? He does. He just pushes in and he hovers. You know, that's... In our seasons of discussion, I know this last one on sin has just been a horror that we talked about getting ready for the last days and what's coming, but this, this, he's hovering over racism right now, this topic of racism. He's hovering over the people that are suffering under racism right now. That's who he is, and it's, and it's what he's doing, and I, and I want to I hover with him. Man, if God's doing something, one thing you'll hear me say a lot, God, if there's something on your heart, I want to know about it, I want to be part of it. I don't want to watch from the outside. I want to be right there in the middle of what you're doing. That's a dangerous thing to say. Uh, but he comes, and I remember Amy Esau shared that about the chickens and the wings. And I was thinking about that. This is what the Holy Spirit did over creation. He came, and he, he sprouted his wings, and he, and he hovered over creation. And while he was hovering, it wasn't just a position of uh, a symbol. He was hovering because under his wings, man, all kinds of things were happening in a protected environment of his presence. And, and that's what he wants to do in the church right now, in the protect, protective environment of his presence and the covering of his wings. He just wants to come in, and he just wants to stir some things and move. And uh, so we're just going to do that. We're, gonna, we're just going to hang here for a while. I don't know exactly how all this is going to look. I want to get the conversation started today. Uh, I know Shannon Shores is going to come and give a word. Uh, Arnott's definitely going to give a word. Uh, Will and I talked about maybe a panel discussion that we'll have. We're just going to hang. So here, here are some things to keep in mind, okay? Uh, some of you are thinking, uh, why are we talking about this in church? Others of you are thinking, why is it taking so long to talk about this in church? My goal is to not be emotional today. <laughs> not working out so well. <laughs> I want to apologize for not doing this sooner. You know, we're kind of being forced into it right now. If you've got eyes to see, <laughs> you're paying attention to what God's doing on the earth. We're being pushed into this right now. And, and uh, it's never been a better time to talk about it. You know, even for late, God's still working and he's still moving. You know, recent events, shootings all over the news, protests, this is the time. Um, I'm not standing before you as an expert, a little secret. Most of the things I talk to you about, I'm not standing here as an expert. A lot of times I'm working through stuff myself, you know, and uh, this has never been more true than today. Um, God has been showing things, me things in my own heart that are just messed up and need some adjustment. Um, so it's a journey for me too, and we're at all different levels of this journey. Somebody, some people have been, you, this has been on your mind all the time, and some of us, we never think about it. We're just all over the place, but, but I, it's, it's time. And you can be mad and frustrated about the politics of what's going on right now. Does that make sense? I want to encourage you not to do that right now. Can we put politics aside? It's an election year. There's politics everywhere. 
Uh, it's just going to make it harder for you to receive what the Lord has for you if you're just in that political sphere every day. Put, put politics aside the best you can. Um, look at the issue of racism. Look at who's being the most affected by it. Um, turn off CNN and Fox and Rush, <laughs> whoever you listen to. Just, just shut it down for a few weeks. You're not going to miss anything. You're not. There's just a lot of things being stirred up in people. Pray about this and listen to the Holy Spirit. Can we do that? You know, can we stand and take a pledge? <laughs> you know, I just want to ask you to do it. Do you know what Jesus said more often than anything else in the Bible? He that has ears to hear, let him hear. That was his most repeated phrase. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Holy Spirit's always speaking, and he's really speaking right now. So if you have the ears to hear, you have an opportunity to hear from him right now. So I want to start the conversation off today by talking about value. We'll talk about value. Uh, we're going to turn our, turn our attention to two passages in the Bible. Can we stand together just in honor of God's word? We're going to read them today uh, in, in order. And uh, Genesis 1, 27 through 31. Uh, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. Let's do this next one together, okay? Uh, for you form, not three. One, two, three. For you form my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. You may be seated. What do these two scriptures have in common? You know, several things, but one of the main things is value. God made us in his own image, inside and out, and that alone gives us value. That goes for everybody, white, black, brown, and everything in between. <laughs> we are all made in the image of God, and we all have value, every person. Every person is important to the Lord. You know, the, the Declaration of Independence was declared on July 2nd, 1776, and it makes a statement that I really like. We were all created equally. Now, I know that, that um, we failed to grasp that statement fully over the years and put it into practice, but I do believe the statement captures the heart of the Lord. Either we, this is my little, I get a little rant every day, this is my little rant. Either we evolved unequally or we were created equally. I believe we were created equally, and if we were all created equally, we need to believe it, we need to live it, we need to speak it, and we need to act on it. It's just the truth. He made us all differently. We're not all exactly the same. Look at the weird person sitting next to you. You know, we're all different, aren't we? You know, we're not all the same, but he looked at us all, and he said, it's good, equally good, equally good. King David who was probably a, a brown man, tackled this in a little more detail. He said to God, you didn't just create people with value. You personally designed me. <laughs> you were involved in my design. You determined my height, my qualities, my skin color, my features. 
I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I love that King James language. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, uh, and you did a marvelous job. You did a marvelous job. I have value because I'm a person made in your image, and because you are personally involved in my design, I have marvelous value. You have marvelous value. Can we say marvelous value? Marvelous value. I don't always do that, but I want us to say it. Both of these are true for you, man. You are, God designed you. Sometimes we get frustrated by the way we look, the, our, our qualities. I used to have a problem of comparing myself to other people. I'm not as tall as Jerome. I wish I was. I wish you were short like me and I was tall like you, baby. You know, it's just, it's just not the way it is. You know, so I hang in there in my five foot six and everything's good. But I realized that God made me exactly the way he did for a reason. And there's not more value to tall people and less value to short people. Even if society sees it that way, you know, we all have equal value. Um, we have a value problem in our country right now. Even in the church, we have a value problem. We have, fairly, we have failed to fully value what God values, and that's a problem. We have a vision problem. We have failed to see people the way that God sees them. And God is challenging us to see people and value people the way that he sees them. We have an avoidance problem. We don't want to deal with what's at hand. Let me tell you, when, when I... God is purifying his church right now and getting us ready for what's to come. Uh, this is part of it. He's purifying his church, you know. He wants to know if we really believe his word, if we're ready to go. You know, for a lot of us, it took a shocking incident three weeks ago to make us focus on this. That eight minutes when a, when a white man put his knee on the neck of a black man and he died. You know, it was shocking, guy had 17 complaints against him and snuffed out his life, and it's still happening. Yesterday, a guy named Rayshard Brooks was shot and killed at a Wendy's. You know, and as a, as a white person, I look at that and I think, how can something like that happen in the 21st century? And <laughs> I wonder if people of color said, here we go again. It's not stopped, you know. I, I'm, I'm seeing it. But other people have seen it over and over and over again for years, and that's been happening. You know, I'm not a person to delve into a lot of American history, but the, the transatlantic slave trade, uh, where th hundreds of thousands of people were brought to the U.S. against their will and enslaved and beaten and whipped and killed and forced to work by the hundreds of thousands is part of our history. We can't ignore that. Um, and you might not want to deal with this. <laughs> but I've, as I've been saying in this reset series, and I love, Amy, you said it again. I'm picking on Amy a lot today. You, God could have put you at any time in any country in history, but he put you here now. He put you here now for such a time as this. He's got a reason that you're here. And I guess my simple question to us today is this. Are you going to be part of the solution or part of the problem? Where are you going to land on this? Now, as we look at at history, and I could talk all day about this, but I hate to talk about it at all, it's hard to bear, but the church has been a problem with, with, with racism. We've been complicit in racism in this country and in the world. Uh, I've been reading excerpts from a book called On the Beginnings of the Portuguese African Slave Trade by a guy named uh, Gomez Yanis de Zurara. He's from Zurara. Uh, he, he chronicled the 15th century voids of 
Portuguese ships down to Africa to find the, the, find the East, the East Indies, but along the way, they, they began to take slaves back to Portugal. And they would go, and many would be killed before the journey started, many would be killed during the journey, many would be killed and definitely enslaved after the journey. And this guy who chronicled this was a Christian. This is what he said. It is hoped by divine mercy that if such progress be continued, talking about gathering slaves or bringing them to Portugal, either these people will be converted to the faith or at least the souls of many of them will be gained by Christ. It's one of the most disgusting things you could ever say. Yeah, we're enslaving and killing these people, but maybe some are going to get saved and come to Jesus. <laughs> no, no thought for their bodies, their God-appointed destinies, <laughs> you know, and, and these writings became the basis for, the, for much of the slave trade that was already happening in the Islamic world and began to happen in, in the Western world uh, where slaves were being brought to the U.S. and they were looking at many of this guy's writings and it caused them for the church to put their stamp of approval on the slave trade. Now, not all the church, but, but much of the church. Now, obviously today we know better, <laughs> But there's something we have to grasp. Racism is still at play. It's evil. It's demonic. <laughs> uh, it's from the pit of hell. You know, to devalue people and keep them from their God-given destiny because of their skin color it goes against God's heart and God's plan for the, for the church uh, and for the design of man. You know, as the church, we've got the privilege and responsibility to oppose racism in, in all its forms to stand with people who have suffered under this, to embrace them and love them, and, uh, and to stand with them, especially now. You know, as a church, we've got to take a hard look at ourselves and let the Holy Spirit speak and examine us and um, look at our hearts because racism is a, isn't just a thing from back then. It's here and now. We have to look at this. Uh, it doesn't just show up in overt acts of violence like slavery and murder, although it does sometimes, it comes in a lot of subtle ways uh, that have influenced us and caused us to actually participate in racism and uh, more than we realize. So this, that's why we're going to just be here for a while and pray and listen and talk and, and repent. Repent is a word I haven't used in sermons for the last, much in the last 10 years. I've used it a lot in the last four or five weeks. Uh, we're going to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. And, and I know this is a complex issue. We're not going to solve it overnight. It's many-layered. But here in the church, this is the thing. You know that God designed the church to lead the way? God designed the church to, to lead the way in culture and society. We've got to develop God's heart and really learn to value people, especially when we don't know for sure everything that's even in us uh, and in me. And it takes time. And if you're a white guy like me or a white woman, the, the bulk of the adjustments are on us. And I, and I hope you don't get tired with me as we go through this. I know this is going to be hard for a lot of us. We're the, one being, we're the ones being the most challenged. We're the ones that are going to have to make the most adjustments. You know, most of them, i got a lot of pastors white and black across the country. My white pastor friends didn't even address this three weeks ago, didn't even mention it, and aren't talking about it now. It's just easier to avoid it and bury our heads in the sand 
Um, but, but we're going to talk about it. So I'm going to define today racism. We're just going to look at a definition just to have it. Here's a couple of definitions I saw that I think were both uh, insightful. Prejudice, discrimination, antagonism directed to, against a person or people on the basis of their membership of a, of a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that's mi- that is a minority or marginalized. Second one is this, the belief that different races possess distinct characteristics, which is not bad, abilities or qualities, especially so as to distinguish them as inferior or superior to one another. Now, racism is different from racial prejudice. How many of you guys have ever, been, have ever suffered from racial prejudice? I think we all have, but, it, but it's, it's different. You know, we've been, treated, we've been treated different ways because of the color of our skin, but racism is different. Racism is racial prejudice with, with the degree of power. Power and prejudice equals racism. Now, part of our acknowledgement, and again, this is, this is hard stuff for us to talk about, but we need to look at it. We got to acknowledge that America is basically a white person's world. I mean, I said it the other day, being black in America and being white in America is, is not the same thing. Being brown in America is not the same thing. You know, Most of the time, white people have the access to the money the resources, the benefit of the doubt, and the privilege. And it's affected everything. It's affected our institutions. It's affected uh, our systems. And it's where we find ourselves. If I, after church day, I go out, and I'm talking to a black man, and we get into an argument, and it starts getting a little heated, and one of us feels threatened, and I call the police. And I'm not saying the police are the bad guys, but I I just want to point out feelings here and how we're addressing this. Who's going to have the advantage when the police shows up? It's going to be me. Now, I would, I would have faith that they could sort it out, but, I, but I'm going to have the advantage as a white person. If a white woman is arguing with a black man and she calls the police, who's going to have the advantage when the police shows up? It's going to be the white woman. Better believe it. These feelings and issues exist in our country, and we have to acknowledge it. You know, a, a touchy word is white supremacy. That's a touchy phrase. And there are skinheads around, and there is, you know, true white supremacy, and a lot of these people are hanging out in a bunker in Idaho, okay, for the most part, not all of it. But white supremacy, um, I, I have to realize that I have a sense of white supremacy in me. You know, white is right. <laughs> white is center. It's true north for me. It is. It's normal. Everything else is different, sometimes inferior. And I know we don't all walk around with this on our hearts and our minds. It's not on the tip of our brain all the time, but it's in there. We expect it, you know? Um, <laughs> and I know you're patient with me. As I, as I, I'm, wrestling, I'm a verbal processor, and I wrestle with things, you know? Uh, if you want to know if that's in you or not, and I'm just going to be honest, how many, how many of you have ever seen a black person or a black friend have a nicer house than you? And it bothers you a little bit. Sometimes. Or a nicer car. Or a nicer family. Or a nicer job. That's tough. Some of the stuff is in us in a deep sense. And um, we expect it. <laughs> we, ask a lot of, we ask a lot out of our black brothers and sisters in our church here who come. <laughs> you know? Um, I just want to say, though, if, if you're white, I don't want you to feel guilty about your whiteness. 
If you're black, I don't want you to feel guilty about your blackness. You know, I think we want to we love ourselves and love others, but we just got some adjustments to make. So when a person of color comes to our church, we got to admit that we do things like a white church. Okay, we are a white church. <laughs> you know, we really are in the way we do things. And we're making adjustments, and, but it requires non-whites to make the adjustments to us. You know, if you're a person of color, you've, I bless you, man. You've done a lot of the heavy lifting being in here because <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not your normal culture. And you've done a lot for us, and I appreciate it. I do. And I want to say that. But we've got a long ways to go. You know, there are cultural differences represented by color here in our church. And, I, you know, and one thing I love about our church, if I can say this, one thing that's, that's unique about us that's kind of cool is we have a lot of immigrants that come here. Not just, it's not just a color issue, it's from another country. We have people here who have immigrated from Mexico and they're here. We have the Mungoyas who are here from, from Africa. We've got Gloria who's here from Argentina. We've got the Preys who are here from California. We have a lot of, immig- we have a lot of immigrants in our, in, our, in our church here in Kansas. You know, so we had to have some humor in here. I'm sorry, it's getting way too quiet. <laughs> but we, we're used to having our cultural needs met, aren't we? We have our cultural needs met. You know, the things that make our culture our culture, you know, the things I don't have to talk about. We just understand this is the way it is, you know. Our, our food, our music, the stories we tell, how we, how, we, how we do life. You don't realize those things are not being met in your life unless they're not being met, and then you, then you, then you feel it. And if, if you're not white and you come into a white person's world or live there all the time, it's, it's culturally different for, for most people. That's part of the challenge. You give up more to be part of a white community. Um, I went to a deaf church, Mary and I did, for two years. And we were not the, major- the majority at all. We were, there was, and it would interpret for us. And it was, it was interesting being in a deaf person's world because it wasn't just about not hearing. There was a whole culture of deafness, deafness that we were in. And I, re- I remember having to feel like, you know, Hey, they're not thinking about us in this area. <laughs> you know, what about the hearing people, you know? And uh, it, it, was, it, it was an adjustment for me to learn that this is not, this is not my culture. It was interesting. Um, we need to learn as a church to move the needle and become more culturally aware. We need, to, we need to figure out, if we're serious about being a multicultural church, moving the needle and, and making it a culture for everybody. We need to figure out how to do that, you know, create a new center. And I'll be the first to admit I've got a lot to learn. And I'm, I'm finding things in my own heart that I didn't realize were there. And we just have to make it our goal. We need to learn to truly value people the way God values them, you know. I can't love you if I don't have a very, very high opinion of you. It's going to be hard until I assign the same degree of value that God assigns to you. And, and we need to do that. We don't assign enough value to black and brown skin. We don't. It's just the truth, you know? Uh, I'm not picking on anybody, and I've probably said this before too. If you have ever said before, and I know I'm putting words in people's mouths, and forgive me if I'm doing that. If you've ever said before, and and I've done this, so I'm not picking on anybody, well, I don't see color. I don't see color. Maybe you caught yourself saying that. People who say it mean it well. Every time I hear it now, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> here, here we go. It means a couple of things. It means I don't see you. It means I don't see your blackness or your brownness or your color. Um, you know, I choose not to. 
And deep, more deeper it says, I'm going I'm I'm to love you just as much as I would love a white person. I'm going to love you despite the fact that you're black or brown or come from a different country. And I'm not going to let that stop me because I'm a bigger person. It's just incredibly offensive to say that, you know. And, and we're, we have to learn how to say things that ascribe, that assign value and don't devalue people. Um, God assigned value to everybody. We want to seek color. We want to see differences. And I know white people, when a black person comes into your world, they're, they, are, they are moving to whiteness to get your acceptance. They're, they're shutting down a part of who they are sometimes to fit into this world. And, and, and God's heart is that we get into a place where people don't have to do that, where everybody can just be themselves and let their hair down and uh, just, just be themselves. Um, if we, if we say the word they a lot, we know they're, they're like that. Or they do this, or, or they're good people. <laughs> you know, we, all these things that we do, you know. I was born in Chicago. When I first moved to Kansas, I, I saw the weirdest thing. Uh, white people, when they're talking about somebody who's black in Kansas, have to say it. Talking about somebody, and there's just a weird thing going on there. I'm thinking, what, what? They just seem nervous, and they'd say, well, he's a black man. I'm like, what in the world is going on here, <laughs> you know? Why do you feel the need to where you have to say it? So I would be talking about a friend of mine. Uh, I'd say, oh, yeah, I was hanging out with my buddy the other day. He's a white man. You know, and everybody kind of, they kind of chuckled nervously, you know? And it, it's just strange. Uh, God made us all in his image and gave us value. Um, there's no supremacy in his kingdom except for Jesus, <laughs> you know, and we want to exalt him, but we want to exalt the way he feels about people uh, as well. So, and, and we think the best thing to do is to move people from blackness to whiteness or brownness to whiteness, you know? You know how I know that? We've done it with Jesus. Do you know that? So you're going to be shocked when you stand before the Lord Jesus and you find out he's brown or black. That's just the truth. We've moved him from being a, not a European Jew, but from being a Jewish man in the Middle East with dark skin, probably a big nose, black curly hair, I can almost guarantee it. Not, not blonde with a blue Miss America sash and a white bathrobe, okay, I just want you to know, probably black curly hair because he is traditionally Jewish and through European art and different things, you see pictures of Jesus, he's, he's white, he might have long, brown, flowing hair, but he's not, he, was not a, he was not a white person. Jesus was a person of color. It's ironic that white churches all over the country are worshiping a, a dark man today because he's fully God and fully man, <laughs> you know, and he's brown and maybe dark, dark brown. That's who, that's who he is. But we, we, tr- we tried to Europeanize him and make him white, and that's crazy. You know, the vineyard movement is mainly a white movement. It started with white hippies in Southern California. That's okay, and I've watched, uh, you and your dad have been part of this for years, and, we, and we've watched people stumble through this trying to get better at it. And at times it's, ex- it's extremely awkward, you know? And I know that's still a reality. There, there are more and more black pastors in the vineyard movement, and, and people I'm getting to know and, and become friends with, and it's becoming more multicultural, but it, it, just, it takes time, and it's awkward. And it's slow, and I know we want to push it faster sometimes, but uh, it's coming. And I know even at our, I, I, I know we're good people here. Don't, please don't get, I'm not, I know I'm picking on us a little bit. I'm picking on myself because I've had to begin this journey already. 
But we're good people <laughs> who love the Lord and love, and love each other. We're trying to. Um, God just wants to purify it. He's wanting to make us a little bit better and, and really open our hearts. You know, one of our slogans here is everyone gets to play. And I love that. But it's not good enough. It stops short of value. You know, and that's where we want to go. So for us, here's, here's what God's going to be doing in the next few weeks. We, we need to remove and repent of every shred of racism the best we can. Every bit of prejudice, everything that offends the heart of God and the heart of others, every word, attitude, action. We just got to let God speak to us and be ready to do that. We need to grow in giving value to everybody. Um, we need to feel the heaviness of this moment that we're in as a people. Um, you know, that's on God's heart for every person of color right now and what people are going through right now. We can't stand aloof from that. We've got to feel it. We've got to get in it. That's what's on God's heart right now. People that are not being fully valued by society and are seen as less than, especially our brothers and sisters in the Lord, man, we've got we to step in there, guys. We have to do this. We need to let the Lord break us and lead us to his heart. And, and no one wants to be broken. <laughs> it's hard. But there are, there are journeys. As part of the journey the Lord leading, is leading you on, he's breaking stuff all the time. And he's breaking our hearts, and he's breaking our wills. You know, and my prayer has been, Lord, Lord, bring the full weight of this on us. Bring, bring the weight of it. We don't want to escape it. Bring brokenness. Um, break us. Focus us on injustice. And help us to be part of healing and embracing people. So three things we need to start doing. I want to encourage you to do. I'm starting to do the best I can. One, we need to examine ourselves. We need to examine ourselves. Um, most of us, if we're white, we, we participate knowingly or unknowingly in a white racist system. We do. It's in us. Uh, one thing I hear is people say, I don't have a racist bone in my body. I love everybody. All lives matter. It's just offensive. Don't be afraid in this season to focus on black and brown people. It's time. God's putting us on our plate. Does God val value all lives? Of course he does. But that's distract. It's, it's, it's turning things away from where God wants the vision to be right now. God's heart, you know, black lives matter to the Lord Jesus. I'll just tell you, that's where his heart is. And, and we need to get on his heart and see what he's saying right now. You know, Matthew 26, I heard a pastor sharing this the other day, and I just, I just liked it. You know, Jesus is hanging out with his, his friends and disciples before he died, and he said, uh, one of you is going to betray me. And, and they looked at each other like, and it just, it just threw them, and they're like, you know, is it me? They're all saying, is it me? Jesus, is it me? Am I going to betray you? And it's just weird that they didn't know what was in their own heart. <laughs> but they were open to hear from the Lord if something was in their heart that wasn't supposed to be in their heart. They were open. Is it me? That's a great question to ask right now to the Lord Jesus. Racism. Jesus, is it me? Is it in my heart? Is it, in my, is it coming out of my, in my words and my actions? Is, is it in me? Uh, Social media, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> quit posting crap on social media, please. 
You hug someone of color here and you go home and, and put all lives matter on your social media post. That's ridiculous. It's not going to work. We've got to stop it. You can't do one thing here and then go post something else at home. <laughs> Please, think about this, okay? Quit posting dumb political stuff. Let me help you, okay? This is not the season to, to immerse yourself in political thought, okay? Step out of it for a while. I've been there before. I'm not, 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 I, 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 I know. This is not the season to immerse yourself in political thought. Step out of it, because you're not going to hear the heart of God if you stay in it, okay? Our political world is very ungodly on all sides. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just telling you that, okay? Now is your time to love and affirm people. If you're going to post something on social media, why don't, you, why don't you post something affirming to people who are suffering? Why don't you step out of yourself a little bit and, and love people and say something positive, okay? Uh, there's a lot of denial and knucklehead thinking. I got that word from your husband. Knucklehead thinking, okay? We've got to stop that. Stop letting dumb things come out of your mouth. You might think it's insightful. Let me tell you a little secret. Your, your social media posts aren't going to change anybody's mind. You're not going to change anybody's thinking, posting knucklehead things on social media. You're not. You're not going to change anybody's mind talking around the water cooler, saying some dumb political stuff. It's not time for that right now. Okay? Let's set it aside. We, we need a little humility right now. Okay, it's just time to get humble. <laughs> we have to admit that uh, I've had to admit that I am humbly that I'm ignorant about a lot of things, uh, and, and we've got some work to do. It's likely you've got some attitudes and assumptions that are messed up. I'll say on all sides, we do. We have some assumptions that are just not, they're just not right. We need to let the Lord examine us, lead us to the truth. So we're just going gonna to be here, and we're going to soak, and we're going to pray. Second thing we need to do is we need to reconcile, but we need to get close enough to reconcile, okay? Hear my heart on this. Reconciliation is a contact sport. We have, we have got to get close enough to people to reconcile with them. Uh, it, it's hard to get close. You know, part of me, I, I have probably more barriers about getting close to people than you realize. I've had friends, you can get 50% close real fast, but that 50%, at 50%, you hit a brick wall, and that's as close as you're ever going to get. Some of you guys, you know, it's 10%, and then you open a door all the way. I don't, know how, I don't know how you're wired, but we've got to get close enough to reconcile. You know, if I want to see your value, I've got to get close to you. I can't do it from a distance, you know, and a lot of us have failed to do this, you know. If, if you're white right now, a lot of you are suspicious, and you're, and you're angry, and you're confused about things going on in the world. It's just the truth. You see rioters and looters, and you think shame on them because you've not allowed yourself to get close enough to see the pain and see the struggle and see what's going on. You know, we have no grid for it. I'm not saying you have to agree, but we have to get close enough to understand and to feel it. And when you get close enough to understand, you're going to have some humility. I've said many, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor, so I talk a lot. And I, <laughs> we don't have to laugh about that. Um, and, you know, when you talk a lot, you say knucklehead things sometimes. And I'll say things, even in a sermon, I go home, I thought, you know, I'm not sure I believe what I just said today in a very, or that was a stupid way to put that. I agree with it, but I said it in the wrong way. And, 
we just got to have some humility. I don't understand everything. I don't know everything. I don't get all of this. We got to start budgeting for our bigotry and our biases that we have. Uh, and we got some work to do. We got to we got to do some work. Now it's a two-way street, but if you're if you're white, we have the greater responsibility right now, and I think we have to own that, and that's okay, you know. And we can just go bury our heads in the sands and just try to go go through life and ignore this and go on, but the problem is going to get worse. Our church is not going to rise up and be the force that God wants it to be in the world because we don't want to deal with his purifying work in our lives. I don't think we're going to do that. Uh, We'll blame everybody else for everything going on and not blame ourselves. I don't think we're going to do that. It's it's time to face it and look. Um, Let me me say this too. It's, It's time to get close to our black and brown brothers and sisters in this church. I won't put words in anybody's mouth. Stop loving them from a distance. It's artificial. You wouldn't want to be loved that way if you were in a place where you were of a different culture than everybody else, where they they acknowledge you, man, we're so glad you're here, but they don't really look at you or know you or see you or invite you in. We've got to stop it. I'm not talking about any one specific incident I'm just talking as in a general sense. If we're not willing to get close to people, let's just decide we're going to be a white church and be a white church. If we're not ready to give ground and love and, and give people the right to be themselves, it, it's not going to work. I want the people that come here, and, I, and God's heart is for multiculturalism. It is. That's his heart. And, and true multiculturalism to where all cult- cultures are, have a hand in the pot and are, are represented and are, are flavoring the soup. That's what, that's what he wants. Not a little bit here and there. That's what he wants. But if we're going to do this, we're going to have to make people of color that come to our church the most loved people of any people in any church in the United States of America. To where if someone comes, if they don't get run over with love, if they don't get greeted and hugged if they, if they feel comfortable with that. I went to a Brazilian church once, and in Brazil they hug. And I did a message for about a 1,000 people, and when, when I was done, the pastor said, uh, for our ministry time, I just want all you come up here and give Pastor Greg a hug. In a hot Latin culture where people don't wear a lot of clothes, it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> it, was, it was hard for me, you know. We got to just get in there and do that. We got to love each other and hug and get close and learn we can't do this from a distance. You know, something I've been doing is just, I've just been making a point, and I'm not using myself as a very good example in a lot of this because I've realized what a wreck I am in some areas. And I've got a lot of heavy lifting to do, and I say knucklehead things, and I know it. And I miss a lot of obvious things that are obvious to you, and I miss it, okay? But I've been making it a point, especially in this season, if, if I, my acquaintances, you know, people are close, it's easy. But my acquaintances and people I just see, but I'm going to make a point to go talk to people. Now, I'm not going to ask them about what's going on. I'm just going to make small talk, and I'm just going to be accessible, and I'm going to listen. And, hey, how you doing today? And we're just going to talk. I'm just going, I'm, I feel the Holy Spirit leading me to go out of my way more just to make sure that I'm just, I'm a calming, peaceful force in people's lives, and I want them to know I love them. And just treat people like people. Going out of my way. I'm, I'm not... Lord's not letting me stay in my zone, <laughs> but get out of my zone, you know? 
Be quick to have conversations with people, okay? Look at what people are comfortable with. Don't force, hey, I got to get this off my chest, and I'm gonna, I got to say these things. You know, don't do that, you know? Just, just be real and be loving and listen. It's time to listen. It's not time to speak so much. We got to listen a little bit, okay? Number three, we got to make room. Uh, if I don't budget for what I bring to the table, my upbringing, my bias, my lack of understanding, I'm not going to make room for this. I got a budget for it. I got to understand it's there. I got some work to do, you know. I have loved, I have loved the uh, mercy and patience of my black friends with me right now, because <laughs> I've needed it. And I've realized that you put up with me for a long time. I say knucklehead things. <laughs> I'm missing things I should know. You know, I'm a pastor of this church, and you're coming, and we're not even talking about racism or anything. And I, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, the, and the mercy has been so great, and I, I appreciate that. Arnott is such a good friend to me. And he said things that bother me, and I know I've said things that bother him. But, man, I love him, and he loves me, and we walk together. He's preaching at Hilltop Church today, so he's not here. But, you know, it's just, it's just going to have to be that way with each other. Um, We've got we to be ready for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I've got to trust you. When you, see some, when you get close to me, you're going to see some things that are ugly, that aren't good. And it's just going to be that way with all of us. We've got to be ready for that. Uh, as white people, we've got to do more. We've got more of the power. We've got to make room for the history, the attitudes, the fears, the pain, the suspicion. We've got to make, make room for all of who people are. And the Holy Spirit's going to get involved. This is what excites me. Man, as, you, as you take steps in this direction, understand the Holy Spirit's going to get involved in this because this is his heart. He's going to jump in, and he's going to get involved. And... Uh, and, and you're going to feel, feel him moving you and directing you. And it makes it so much easier, you know. Um, try not to repeat myself, but I, but I want to say this. Uh, by, by virtue of the, the, the power dynamics that exist, okay, whether they're subtle or big or whatever, we just have a lot more work to do. We gotta set the table, we gotta love people. When you invite someone over to your house, you don't just make them take it as you are, you try to find out who they are and what they want. Mary Beth's been with us for a couple of weeks, she doesn't drink milk, so I've been sneaking milk into everything, don't tell her. No, I, you know, I, I'm a cheese person. She doesn't get it, you know, so I take the cheese out, okay? Take the milk out, made French toast for her this morning, no milk in the French toast, okay? Uh, Lacey came over the other day. She doesn't do seafood. I didn't serve seafood. Lacey doesn't eat seafood. I, I, what happens to Lacey when she eats seafood? Okay, we don't want to see, we don't, we don't, we don't see that, okay? So we've got to make room for people, what they like and what they don't like. We've got to make space and set the table, uh, especially if we want to be a multicultural church. We've got to make people feel special and honored and not just tolerate them. And we've got to go out of, the, out of our way to greet people. And we've got to go out of the way to make room for people. You know, I'm, I'm excited that God has brought such gifted people here to our church. And, and my goal as pastor is to see that, pray for you, and get out of the way. Because some of you are much better at things than I am. And I don't want to do it all anyway. So we've got to get out of the room. There's room for us all to grow. Hey, this is, just begins with a conversation and a journey. So I just want to ask you these questions as we close out today. Are, are you willing to set politics aside and do some heavy lifting for this season? Can, can you own it? This season is for me, no matter who you are. 
This season is for me. Let's do this thing. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Are you willing to adjust words and attitudes in your life? Are you willing to change the way you do social media and use it as a force for good and that is a force to stir up controversy and speak life and speak love? What's one thing this week that you're going to do to make a difference, a positive difference in someone's life? What's one thing that you can start doing? Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. <laughs> Lord, we admit that we're all flawed and biased and, and messed up in so many ways. Lord, we, we admit we're not very self-aware in a, in a lot of things regarding the kingdom. And Father, in just humility right now, we just ask you to move in our hearts. Father, I know there's some things that we've been involved in and things we've said and things we've done and things we've thought where there needs to be some repentance. God, we, I trust you to work that in our hearts. Lord, help us to be a responsive people today to you. Help us to be a responsive person this week. And Lord, as, as we step out in love, would you strengthen our security of who we are? Lord, would you, just, would you give us security in, a, in an insecure world right now, Lord, to, um, to be confident in who you've made us to be and to stand in you in the season? God, we need it. We need your help. And Lord, help us to learn and grow. And Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? And Lord, would you speak to us in this room before we leave? Would you show us anything that you want us to know? Yeah, we've heard a sermon, but God, what do you want us to know? What do you want us to feel right now? What's on your heart today? God, we want that. Break us out of ourselves, and Lord, just move in us. And Father, I pray for anybody right now that there, man, there's just been some wounds as we've talked about this. There's been some hurt. I know it's probably brought some things to the surface. Lord, would you, would you bring some healing right now where it needs to happen in us? Would you bring some healing? And Lord, would you make us the best valuers of anybody we've ever seen before, that we value people to such a high degree it's just like you. God, we love you today, and we thank you. Fill in the gaps, God, where this talk was incomplete, and help us today, in Jesus' name.